week five in the books. The bad news, a lot of injuries. The good news, there is an underdog pick'em board for week six now open, and we're here to talk about some takeaways and then find some new winners. This is the Player Profiler Pick'em Power Hour. Welcome back to the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour. We are streaming live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter for the Wednesday show. I'm here with Trevor. Trevor, we're coming off a seven and six week, kind of mediocre, but it involved a couple of tough breaks uh, from the underdog pick generator, including uh, you should have really cashed uh, the the Pittman square, which he got. We Ugh. got 52 yards out of him. Needed Ugh. 50. Uh, we needed 60. Uh, one of many injuries coming from that game in Anthony Richardson. Trevor, talk about the week, uh, some of your takeaways. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was – Richardson loves Pittman, right? Um, and we've seen now, right, if you if you own downs, uh, you're happy to see uh, the backup in and sad, you know, that Richardson's done, but Gardner likes him a little better, uh, and he still almost got us there. I mean, we know about the HN news, J.J., I mean, it's um, James Conner. We saw Daniel Jones didn't practice today. They said Kincaid's still in concussion protocol. Um, almost nobody's making it out of concussion pr- protocol in the first week anymore. They're pretty much saying you're going to miss a game if you're getting put in it for any serious concussion. Thoughts? Um, it's just, you know, injury Mageddon took place this week. Uh, we generally see it a little more spread out, but this was pretty condensed and um, – it's really going to be the key now is trying to figure out how to pivot on these teams, right? Deshaun Watson didn't practice. There's a good chance we see DRT again this week, which if it's DRT, uh, I mean, the 49ers might win by 30 um, without – it's going to be rough with Watson. It's going to be worse with DRT for them. So uh, it's just – it's rough, uh, rough in the injury streets. And I know everybody was scrambling – uh, for that plays ESPN sleeper leagues yesterday. Uh, we got the big high stakes. All our waivers are tonight. I got to finish mine up after the show. Um, and there's a lot of contingency bids cause there's, uh, there's a lot of injuries. Yeah. And, uh, for, for me personally, I mean, I, I have, uh, you know, I'm several leagues with Devon a chain. Um, it's one of the guys I was very high on just the perfect system. Breakout finder told us he was good, uh, landed in, probably a, a top two situation, you know, maybe, maybe the 49ers would have been even better situation if Christian McCaffrey was not there theoretically, but the Dolphins probably hit the best landing spot for him. So not surprised that he was dominating the fantasy scoring and uh, tough to lose him there. And on uh, one of my HA teams, I just happened to have James Conner and Justin Jefferson. So I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. But with regards to to Pickens, uh, we do have uh, some good news, uh, starting with Christian Watson is fully healthy, full go for the first time in uh, week five. Uh, actually got his first touchdown in week four. And, you know, obviously we're on the, the touchdowns, need, a, need five for a push, six for a win there. Uh, feeling what, very good about where we stand with Christian Watson if he can stick with, uh, you know, that 100% level of health. Right back in his first game, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about the Packers in a bit, but you can see he is the alpha even in a game where Jordan Love was, again, not good. 
um, Christian Watson did his thing. Uh, another guy we talked about last week, um, and I may or may not have gone on a two-minute rant about this guy, and there may or may not be some quote-worthy worthy material of what I said about Darren Waller, but uh, it looks like he and the Giants have heard a little bit of the noise, and he got 86 yards uh, last week in a what was admittedly a soft matchup. Uh, the good about it is they're starting to look more his way. The bad about it is it was a soft matchup. Uh, Daniel Jones is is now hurt, and, you know, I know people out there will argue that Tyrod Taylor is probably an upgrade. I will not make that argument. Um, yeah, so Darren Waller, um, if, if he can't, if he couldn't do it against the Cardinals, couldn't couldn't get a 100-yard game against the Cardinals, couldn't get a 100-yard game against the Dolphins, um, th- th- this is a glass half-empty, uh, half-full situation. Um, I need to address Zeke Elliott was a poverty wager. Um, he's starting to get more involved, uh, but still – uh, no goal line work. I saw our boy Alex Caruso, uh, who we've had on you know the player profiler network before. He tweeted that there's six running backs in the NFL with 100% of the goal line opportunity so far, and Ramondre Stevenson is on that list. I I would argue if Zeke covers this and gets higher on this, it might be the greatest backdoor cover in the history of pickups. It might be the greatest if if Zeke gets there. It literally might be the greatest backdoor ever. Like, I, it's unbelievable. Um, Waller is excited to see they're finally, like, Jones is starting to use them. The people saying that Tyrod is better is just ridiculous. I don't think people grasp how bad the Giants' offensive line is, even after Jones got sacked 11 times. Like, I don't really think they understand that he essentially has less than two seconds on every ball to throw it. That's how bad their line is. And they still they they were able to start getting Waller involved. Uh, I really was really happy to see that. Um, you know, last week uh, DK was on a buy, so we really didn't have much there. But then we got my boy that everybody gave me crap about, David Motherfucking Montgomery. I love that man. Uh, if we lost this on the under, it would go the other way as arguably the greatest loss in pickup history. Um, we're, we're pretty much on autopilot as long as he doesn't have a you know season-ending injury. Um, you know, the Lions have one of the best backfields in the NFL with Gibbs healthy, and they're still giving Monty most of the work. And then top-tier line. Like, they're just going to keep pounding the ball. I love it. Um, I wish I would have laddered him higher. Uh, in a season-long prop and taking like 10-plus. I considered it, and I chickened out. I, uh, got, I've got. i been getting uh, DMs on Twitter over the last three weeks thanking me um, for posting David Montgomery very aggressively. So we took him in the pickums, and yeah. I wrote an article for preseason uh, bets uh, for, for season-long. Um, and to all of these people who've been DMing me with this David, you know, talking about this David Montgomery raid, I can't even be happy because I looked at the – leading the NFL and rushing touchdowns market. And I chickened out and didn't do it. So I can't even be completely happy about it, but we will take one more touchdown from him. Uh, we're going to wait on that. Might be. Yeah, we'll get it this days. week. Yeah. Yeah. Might be in a few days. Um, speaking of season long stuff, if you, uh, if betting does interest you either game lines or, uh, you know, player props, if you either don't have pickings in your state or you also want to bet on sports books and you can't, we have a show just for that. 
We do the bonus pick'em show um, for Underdog Fantasy Pick'ems on Friday evenings uh, at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. And later on that night, you want to grab some ice cream, uh, you know, right before you go to sleep. I've been hearing recently a lot of people do this, having ice cream right before going to bed. I don't recommend it, but <laughs> um, if if you are that kind of person, a great thing to go with that ice cream would be the juice uh, by our boy Memphis Young on the Player Profiler Network. But we are here for the pickums. Um, and before we do that, just a couple of, uh, you know, takeaways. I particularly, you know, you're a 49ers fan. I'm a Patriots fan. This, you know, this might be the biggest dynamic, you know, mood difference between co-hosts in Player Profiler Network history in terms of how our seasons are going. Uh, the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. And the, the, the one the one thing that was in semi-doubt going into the season was, is Brock Purdy that guy? I've seen enough. He is. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, the Patriots in, in uh, wide receiver separation. They rank number 32 in the NFL. Um, by the way, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Uh, their offensive line, pass block win rate, rank number 32. Special teams DVOA, they rank number 32. That was It's supposed to be the emblem of the Patriots, the special teams stuff. Um, Mac Jones hasn't been inspiring, but as a, as a Patriots fan, I want us to free Mac Jones, send him to a place that will at least make an attempt um, to um, make their quarterback succeed. I think Mac Jones has been put in uh, about as good of a position to fail as you could possibly put an NFL quarterback. And that's all I'll say about the New England Patriots. They, um, I had a discussion with someone yesterday, and they were like, why wouldn't the Patriots trade for Kirk Cousins? I'm like, that is the most unpatriot thing to do ever. Like, that's the just the exact opposite of how Bill thinks. Um, this is going to hurt you a little bit. I think Belichick is a good coach. Uh, I think he's getting exposed right now as not being a great coach. Um, I think Brady masked a lot of things as we're starting to see. Um, and again, I, I think Belichick defensively, very smart. Um, but however, right now, I mean, they ran the team without an offensive coordinator the last year. Like, I, are they just punting for Caleb? Are they punting for Caleb? That's the question. Pun, pun, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> in reference to your 32nd and uh, special teams. So uh, really, you know, and then on the other side, um, you know, Micah Parsons coming out saying, oh, we'll see you guys again. Um, I, I would be worried if I am a Dallas man. One, the 49ers, as we've seen, how good they are but they didn't show up for a game they needed to show up for. Um, that that would be a spot if I'm a Dallas fan. Uh, how do we get there? Um, and then the, you know, the big one for me this week is what do we do, like switching spots? What do we do with the Colts backfield? Zach Moss comes out and, I mean, it looks like JT. It's like uh, one of those movies where they switch bodies and, like, they switch the person and then they're in the different body. Zach Moss looks like JT. Like he looks like JT rushing the ball. And if you're the Colts, especially now that you got to have Garner for four, most likely eight weeks, what do you do? Like, is it just a running back by committee? Like, I think it's going to be moving forward. I think they're going to split the workload as they work JT back in. And I think it's going to be 
mind-numbingly hard to figure out who's going to get the carries that week. Absolutely. And go, going back to your point about Josh Downs, Josh Downs was someone I, you know, I had for an anytime touchdown for those of you who, who dabble in that market last week and seeing him rack up 97 yards and not find the end zone. I oh. believe he had a few red zone touches as well, but no touchdown uh, was about as frustrating as it can get. Um, you know, tack that on with Pittman not getting a few more yards we needed for him. A frustrating game, but also a testament to why we analytics people say running backs don't matter. For reference, what that phrase means is that the difference in adding winning to an offense between a Zach Moss and a Jonathan Taylor is not as large as that equivalent difference at another position. And it's fascinating to me to see uh, to, to see Zach Moss go off against an elite run defense. Right? This is a this this Titans defense was a pass funnel defense, right? And it hurt us that Zach Moss was balling out against that Titans uh, run defense because if if he was playing an average game. They pass the ball more to Pittman, but that's enough in the rant department. Um, you know, we're, we're here to find more winners. We're going to continue having injuries this season. It just is what it is, right? This is part of the part of the game, but our job is to just look for spots that have value no matter what. And the underdog board is awesome because it gives us tons of options. It's Wednesday, um, and uh, we have Thursday plays to talk about. Right before we get into this Thursday night football card, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, so many ask me, what's wrong with sports books? Why so many of them fail? The answer is simple. They don't innovate. They're just casino sports books on a phone. That's all they've been. There are a few that are doing a good job. We partner with them. Most of them, not so much. Until Bet Openly came along. Bet Openly said, hey, we're going to innovate. We're going to do something groundbreaking. We're going to have peer-to-peer betting in all states, and you pay 1%. When you win, you pay just 1% on your winnings. You heard that right. It's 1%. With code Underworld, you qualify for just that 1% transaction fee on bet openly. It gives you ultimate flexibility to set your own lines and browse lines that others have set. Think about it. That's what betting should be. And now that is the reality. BetOpenly.com. The code is Underworld. Check it out. We are back on the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour, where we are about to dive into the pick board for NFL Week 6. We are on the Wednesday show, also streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And we are going to share a screen right now, or we are sharing a screen right now. If you are in stream with us, you can look at this board yourself. We're on Underdog, and there's a lot of sports going on right now. The WNBA is on. The NBA is starting soon. NFL, obviously, is why we're here. Uh, The MLB postseason is going on, and Underdog is doing all kinds of promos. And you can get in on the action with promo code UNDERWORLD upon entry. You see uh, on the screen a Trey Turner bases uh, play. You know, I'm... I personally would be leading the lower there. I'm probably going to lock that in right after the show before the game starts. Um, Asia Wilson, 21 and a half points and hundred K Sundays. And we have plays for hundred K Sundays pairings for that for you. When we do the bonus show on Friday, as well as early picks for the weekend on the underdog pick generator, which you can have access to on the DFS dominator on playerprofiler.com. And as always hop in the discord player profiler, and we are dropping entries all the time both trevor and i are in the pickens channel uh pretty much every day uh you know labbing and dropping some uh long shots along with the plays that go out on the show trevor this is an interesting game um in some good ways and some bad ways so broncos chiefs 
we all know by now how many of these primetime games end up just being horrendous games, right? I, I feel like the only competitive games so far have been the last one, the Lions, uh, or not the Lions, the uh, Packers and the Raiders, and then week one where David Montgomery, you know, reminded everybody, hey, I'm here, Lions, Chiefs. Those were the only two competitive games. This might be another one of those uncompetitive games. Uh, the Broncos are underdogs by double digits, uh, 10 and a half points in most spots. Um, and Travis Kelsey, you know, obviously questionable. We are not 100% sure if he's going to play. And there's this whole Broncos backfield. Uh, Trevor, what's your uh, bird's eye view of this game? Uh, how are you targeting this? So it's interesting. Um, I was listening to uh, a show uh, and the players were talking about how they actually love Thursday night games. Um, and I was interesting to why they like it because they don't have to, while it's a short week and it, it, they have to spend more time like up later prepping their game plan. The rest they get after that Thursday night game, they say is huge for them. So they get three full days off. Uh, versus one day off that they normally get. Uh, it was really interesting to me that uh, a lot of them actually like it and look forward to having a Thursday night game because they get that extra rest on their body during the season. So um, I thought that was an interesting spot. I am interested to see where this goes again. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey, why did he have that issue? Because his foot, slipped and then it caught the turf i am a banned turf guy these this is a 20 billion dollar a year company between all these teams they can all afford to put grass in and i think we would see significantly less injuries i i think it would be i i don't know why they're not doing it uh so it's interesting spot so the play we want to look at and who we want to lock in before we get kelsey news is Mr. Rashid Rice. So Rashid is, uh, I'm a big fan. Um, I loved him in SMU. Uh, there's a reason Kansas City took him in the second round. They let Tyreek go. And the first two weeks were a little slow for him as far as his usage goes, right? As we started getting going, um, it was a little slower, like right out of the gate. You know, he had, 11 routes and six routes in the first two games. Since then, um, he's gotten used the last two. He now has 24 targets. That's second on the team next to Kelsey. And he's done that in only 60 routes. Um, he has a 70% catch rate. And essentially, it's those, you know, that first a little bit in the third and fourth game. Um, he has 17 receptions. He's getting nice yak. He's got almost 100 yards of the yak, second on the team. Now, here's the fun part. I get it. You're going to DM me. You're going to tag me on Twitter. You're going to tag me in Discord and say, it's windy. It airs weather and it's rain. That's actually why I like Rice more in this game. Because I think they're going to take less deep shots. The most, Ahan and I were talking about this before. The most surprising stat of the season to me as of going into this week might be that the 32nd pass-ranked Dova team in the NFL is the Denver Broncos, who have Patrick Sertain, one of the, if not the best corner in the league. You know, you can argue it between him, Sauce, you know, a few other guys, but on their team, and they're dead last. Like, 
It is bad how they are. They're giving up a league-leading 78.8% catch rate to wide receivers. That, for you guys that don't really know how high that is, that is 15 to 20% higher than the league average. Like the league average is about 17% lower than that for the medium of what they're giving up. That's a big number, like really, really big. So we're going against a defense that has there. Now, what have the Broncos given up as far as passer rating goes this season from quarterbacks? They started off with Jimmy G, right? Then they went to Sam Howe. No shade, Sam Howell's balling, but he, he, you know, that's, uh, it was only the second game there. Tua, well, it was Tua, and we saw what they did. You know, they put up a 70-burger. Um, but then Fields and now Zach Wilson, they're giving up a 124.6 passer rating. Again, worse than the NFL, and now they get Patrick Mahomes. Um, I don't care that it's a short week. Uh, you can't be there. If it wasn't windy, uh, I would bet 400 yards and four TDs for Mahomes in this game. Uh, the only reason I'm not going to do that on a bet side is because it's there. So I love the pick I'm here that we can go after Rice. Uh, his line is juiced up to three. So at three, we push. We model him a little over four catches in this game, and I think he's going to get targeted a ton. And if Kelsey is limited and or doesn't play, that number is going significantly up, so lock this in early. I love it. Rashi Rice is a guy that I've – it feels like almost full circle. So I was on the Dynasty – or it was then called the Writers Roundtable. Now it's the Dynasty Roundtable, um, you know, with uh, our, our boys Matt, Matt Babbage, Seth D. Wold and company. Um, and before draft season, uh, one of my biggest uh, agendas was that Rashi Rice needs to land in – a situation like the Kansas City Chiefs. And I called out the Chiefs as a great situation for him. Um, here we are, and he's on the Kansas City Chiefs, the breakout finder like Rashi Rice. The, the Chiefs, I think, have been a good spot for him, and he ranks number two in the NFL while ranking among the league's lowest in ADOT, which ties into your point that if they want the safe plays, the way to do it is to feed Rashi Rice. So I like that we're going after the volume here. We don't have to mess with trying to decide what he, uh, you know, trying to guess how he uh, does after the catch just on his usage and the fact that he can catch four footballs uh, tomorrow on Thursday against a team that you can pass against uh, even in the wind. It's freaking bad. Even with Zach Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, On the other side, uh, I'm pairing this with, again, another – um, play that if you haven't been watching closely, maybe you don't realize that Russell Wilson is the least of the Denver Broncos problems this year. You mentioned how bad the defense has been. The offensive line has not been good either. It feels like the Broncos have been the most surprising team to me from top to bottom, not just because how bad their defense has been, but of how good Russell Wilson has been um, trying to keep this team in football games. He ranks top eight in the NFL in adjusted EPA per play, um, top 10 in success rate. This guy is playing well and he's getting no help. Um, and that's, and it feels like a public narrative that we're getting the uh, 20 and a half completions uh, line right now on underdog. So you look at what, uh, you know, quarterbacks have done against the Kansas City Chiefs. For one, they often trail 
which is why the Kansas City Chiefs give up a lot of completions. In this game, the Broncos are 10.5-point underdogs. I think they're going to trail whether or not Kelsey is in this game. That's how bad this Denver Broncos defense is. So Russell Wilson getting a negative or a positive, a negative, God damn it, a negative game script where he has to pass the ball. There we go. Where he has to pass the ball most likely. And it's why you see the passing attempt line at 32 and a half. Now you look at what kind of defense we'll see from the Chiefs. The Chiefs rank number four in man coverage. Russell Wilson ranks number five in passer rating against man coverage and number 10 in completion rating, uh, in completion percentage against man coverage. Uh, most of his pass catching room is healthy. The only change we might see is this backfield situation, whether Javante is playing or not. Regardless, he has running backs that he trusts as well for those short passes. I like the completions because, again, in case this game gets gnarly weather-wise, you have the short routes and Russell Wilson going to make good decisions. The, the, ta- the, the take-home point is Russell Wilson is second in the NFL in throws under pressure. His offensive line hasn't been good, and still he's had to throw the football, so he's seen a lot of pressure. The Kansas City Chiefs, among the league's worst in pressure rate and in pass rush win rate. And, of course, the completion percentage will go up when you see a clean pocket. For Russell Wilson, it goes up nearly 8% uh, when he sees a clean pocket. I think he's going to see a lot of clean pockets, and he's going to take those easy completions as he tries to come back and keep the Broncos in this game. Russell Wilson, higher than 20.5 completions. I like it. Um, it's a game that they're going to have to shut down. Judy also cooked KC last time they played. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity in this game. And this is a spot, again, I, I think they're going to do a lot of check down. Uh, the completions are going to be there. And at that 32 and a half, they're telling us, hey, game script wise, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. We saw, I think he had almost 40 attempts against Miami when they got blown out because they were just trying to do anything they could. Um, so I think this is a similar situation where we're going to see a bunch of attempts. Uh, and he's had that completion rate. You talked about the pressure rate. Um, crazy to think, and it, I, you know, reading on social, you would think Russ is the problem, and he hasn't been. Um, there is a multitude of problems in in that land, but it's not. Uh, it's definitely not been Russ so far. And who knows, we might even see a game where, you know, the, the, the Chiefs lost in week one. In primetime, we might see a competitive game, at least here. I'm not saying the Broncos are going to win outright. Uh, that's going to take a lot of magic out of them. Uh, but who knows, we might see a competitive game here. We've been deprived of competitive games. And if this game is going to be competitive at all, Russell Wilson is probably going to be a big reason why. That's going to lock in our entry for half a unit. But to try to get back in uh, the winning column for Thursday night football, uh, we were we're two and three on these. But again, that's profitable because we're getting double our money back when uh, we're you know we're sticking to this half unit wager each time. You wager half a unit, you hit these two picks, you profit one unit. Our entry for Week Six Thursday night football: Rashi Rice higher than three receptions, and Russell Wilson higher than twenty and a half completions. Trevor, any uh, any final takeaway messages? Any anything you want to hype up headed, heading into week? Yeah, I'm excited actually for this weekend slate. I think there's going to be some really cool spots for us to uh, build some cool entries for the weekend. Uh, a little teaser. Uh, I am I'm going to be excited for Detroit Tampa Bay. 
I think I I think I'm gonna have some stuff from there. Um, I, I really I'm I'm just big on Detroit. I think there's some options to exploit. I'm really excited for Seattle and Cincy. I think that could be a really interesting spot for us to uh, take advantage of. And uh, I'm also I'm excited to see if uh, Trevor Lawrence can go back to back weeks this week. Right, he got it going after you know staying in England for the week against Buffalo of all teams. Um, so that was interesting to me. He should be able to get it going against the Colts. So those are a few spots I'm excited about to uh, put together some pickums for Friday. Me too. Uh, I mean, this, you mentioned the Seahawks game. Uh, I'm doing an article series this year uh, with game line bets for those of you who are betting on sports books. May or may not have a pick from that game. I, I really like uh, what I'm seeing out of that market, uh, but. Today is Wednesday. If you are listening, um, you know, on a on a podcast afterwards, this is the Wednesday show. If you want to catch our week six picks uh, on uh, on a on a uh, in a in an audio format and and a video format, you want to head over to Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. You can talk to us in the YouTube chat and drop questions on our bonus show on Friday, and again on Thursday night after after the after Thursday night football. At some point, we're going to unleash. The early underdog picks. There's a lot of injuries to, you know, we, we're going to have to wait on news for, but we're going to get in some early, uh, early lines and hopefully get some closing line value um, on some player pickums as well on the underdog pick generator, on the DFS dominator. But until then, we will see you on Friday for the bonus show after another week six Thursday night football winner. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.